Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. In today's episode, I'm joined by Sass Edwards, a mindset coach helping people go through cancer by improving their mindset and helping them overcome their diagnosis. Sass is a lovely lady, and this was a very interesting conversation, which I'm sure you guys will thoroughly enjoy. But before we get to it, let me remind you that last week we had Laura DeFranco on the podcast. She's a master of physical therapy who integrates several different healing practices to help her patients find relief when other medical professionals have given up. Amazing woman and such an incredible conversation. That was in episode 18 in case you missed it. Also, here's a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by our Highwood Health Facebook group. If you haven't yet joined us, you can do so by heading over to dre.show forward slash group, and then just click on the appropriate button. You can also find that link on this episode's description, by the way. But now, here's my conversation with Sass Edwards. I hope you enjoyed. And remember, you're on the Highwood Health, and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Highway to Health Show. I'm your host, Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, and joining me today, as I was sharing with you in our introduction, is a woman who has gone through a pretty interesting journey. You're going to learn a lot from her. I was recently in her own, it's not a podcast, but it's a video series, and she was interviewing me about my journey through cancer, and it's really, really nice and very interesting to have her here and join not only her journey, but how she helps other people. So Sass Edwards is a cancer mindset coach who helps people through the hardest time of their life to shift their mindset in order to get out of victim mode and rise above cancer. Now, this not only applies to cancer, this applies to pretty much any important diagnosis, any important event, any life-changing events really in our lives. So I'm very, very happy to welcome her here. Sass, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's lovely to be here, Dr. E. Hello, everybody. Now, we're very, very happy to have you. Ever since our conversation a couple of weeks ago, I thought that it is super interesting what you're doing. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What got you in this path? So in fact, so my name's Sass Edwards. I'm British from London, England, and I've been living in France for 26 years. So as you know, life is a journey. Everything about life is a journey. I'm 47 today. And I remember going back when I was 40. I had back pains in France, and so I went to the ER. I went to a doctor in the emergency room, and they thought that I just had a lumbago, gave me some tranquilizers or something like that. And then it persisted, went to see the specialist. He said, it looks like there's a lesion on your L5, so the lumbar 5. He did a um, scan. And then I spoke about my father. That frightened me because my father had myeloma, and he died of myeloma. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, my dad died of cancer. You know, it's every child's nightmare to have a parent who dies of cancer. It was quite the taboo subject back in the days. Today is kind of common. Everyone's got something or knows someone who had cancer, right? And so I mentioned that to the doctor and his face went white. And he wasn't white. (laughs) And he said, it does look like it's a parasite, something like that. So we did an MRI the very next day like that. And then I was admitted into hospital to do tests. We ended up doing a biopsy and it confirmed that I had the gene 
for multiple myeloma. So it started off with plasmacytoma. So my world came crashing down, Dr. E, because funnily enough, ironically funnily enough, I spent my whole life kind of living in the mode where I'm going to die of cancer one day. It's morose what I'm saying, but I kind of attracted it, saying to myself, he had it, it's going to happen to me one day, I just know it, I can feel it. And so when I was told that by the doctors, I wanted to hit myself because I was like, why did I keep saying that? I attracted it. Then I wanted to hit my dad who was no longer there because I was like, why did he give that to me? So there was a lot of self-victim mode. Why me? That's not fair. If anyone knows me, they would say that I'm a lovely person. (laughs) And so I spent a little while in shock. That's where it all started. I see. And what was your journey like? Is very thankfully that was seven years ago. What has been your journey like since? Well, it's been actually amazing. You know, I've learned so much about myself. So that started at the age of 40. And then by 2012, we did chemotherapy. I thought it had calmed down. I did a bit of radiotherapy 2009. And then 2012, did chemotherapy. And that's when I started to become a life coach. Because I said to myself, there's got to be more than this. Than just go to school, get an education, get a job, rush around and hassle or hustle, should I say, to get a job, to make ends meet, to pay the bills, just to be sick and die. I was like, no, 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 no. There's got to be so much more to this in life. So I moved into more of a holistic approach and I started reading self personal development books, meditation, and I did a coaching course over a year and I became a certified accredited coach. And that actually helped me right up until remission, Dr. E. Because I was just speaking to someone before you called, when you go through chemotherapy, they take out your stem cells, they inject your chemo, they put back your stem cells. You have that aplasia time where you're in a sterile room and you can't leave. And I remember the doctor saying, or the nurse is saying, the minimum is 10 days, but you can go up to two or three weeks. I just registered 10 days in my head, right? 10 days, day for day. I was like, okay, I can walk out with my little drip, getting some fresh air. And they said, it's impossible. No one does it on the day. I said, well, my brain tells me 10 days, that's it. It's like when you have a 20 minute nap, I will wake up after 20 minutes without the phone. And people say, how do you do that? I said, I don't know. I control my brain. (laughs) So it's kind of like I took back the control of my body. Instead of letting this disease take over me, because I am not a disease. I am not cancer. That was a part, a message that was there to tell me to focus on something. I took back the control And for me, that started in the mind. So that was when my journey, I would say, really started. And from there on, it's been amazing. I help people who are going through cancer. I'm a cancer mindset coach. I coach them how to be positive, how to not focus on the disease itself, but more so on the journey and the message that your body is bringing you. So whether it be cancer or anything, whether it be migraines, which can be chronic, or something else, your body's always sending back a vibrational message. And so I help people to focus on this message, which means you don't focus on the negative, you focus on the positive. What is it you need to do? What is it that you've been doing that you shouldn't have been doing that you can start doing now? All right. So it turns it around in your favor. And that's been great. So kind of ironic, because up until two months ago, I was in remission, then I got a bad back again. And here we go again, cancer's waking up, I'm back in it, which was a bit of a shock. 
And I put myself back in sync and I said, okay, Sass, here we go. What have you been doing over the past few years or maybe even sooner months that you had stopped doing when you helped yourself into remission? For me, the factor is stress. It has always been stress. I'm a stressful person. And I think very, quite a few many people are stressed. In the Occident world, we rush to work, we rush to get a coffee, we rush to the gym, we rush to cook. We're constantly in stress mode, okay? And so it's no wonder that our body sends that signal back to us saying, look, <laughs> this is not good for me, it's not good for you, do something. So here I'm trying to now calm down again and not go over the top and, you know, go all Buddha mode, but just listen to my body, do more meditation, mindfulness, breathing, go back to eating healthily and things like that. That is so incredibly important. And most of us don't realize that until a lot of the times it's too late. I was reading yesterday the commencement speech that Neil Gaiman gave a couple of years ago at, I don't remember what university, but the core of his message was slow down and enjoy the journey. Because if you're always just thinking about what comes next, about what the next challenge is going to be, the next thing, or even the next difficulty, or even the next milestone, whether it's positive or negative, if you're focusing too much on what's down the road, when you stop and look back, you realize that you really never enjoyed the present moment. And I know it sounds cliche when people say like, oh my God, take care of your children and spend time with them because they grow up so fast or enjoy your life because it goes by so quickly. And most of the time it's older people saying that to young people. And when you're young, you go like, what is this guy talking about? I'm too young. I've got all my life ahead of me. I can do this now. But then slowly you start realizing this and, and you're absolutely right. We live in a super high speed, high stress life for no apparent reason. And we rarely really slow down and take the time to really just take it all in and be fully present as well when we rest. Jim Rohn used to say something about when he was at work, he was constantly thinking or he was feeling guilty about not taking his family to the beach. And so when he was at work, he was constantly thinking about the beach. And then suddenly when he finally took his family to the beach, he was thinking about all the work that was going to be waiting for him when he got back to the office. So when he was at the beach, he was thinking about the office and he was never fully present. So I think this is incredibly important, not just when somebody's going through a health journey like yours or like so many of your clients and our patients, but pretty much anyone. Yes, absolutely. And I like what you said there, Dr. E. You said, enjoy the journey. Now, it can sound ironic if people say, how can you enjoy going through a disease? How can you enjoy going through a dilemma, through a divorce or through whatever it is you're going through? But there is joy. And why is there joy? Is because it's a self-learning curve. You learn things about yourself that you didn't know before. The person you were when you were 20, when you were a medical student, is totally different than the person you are today married with, with children. You've changed, you've shifted. So when we go through health conditions, we change, we shift. But it's that transformation, that little bird or coming out of the egg, it's that little part there that is magical. All those aches and pains that you're supposed to appreciate and say, wow, thanks to that, today I can see life differently. Thanks to that, today I am more positive. So there is a positive message in the journey. And I think most people don't focus on that journey, but we should. 
Yeah, that's incredibly true. And I couldn't agree more with you. Now, switching gears a little bit and going into your actual work with your clients, how do you get started with somebody? Somebody just listens about this, learns about the diagnosis, they're absolutely crushed, they're devastated, and they're going to start treatment, they're going to go in for chemotherapy, they're going to go in for radiation or for surgery or a combination of all of these things. And where do you come in? How do you get started with a person that is in this such a vulnerable state? Thank you for that question. So the very first thing I do, I think back to what I went through, but I know everyone's different. I ask them the question, what is your biggest fear? And quite often the biggest fear is to die. So when they focus on the fear, I ask them to focus on what is it they want. Okay. And it's easy to say, I want to live, but actually they don't say that. People say, I don't want to die. <laughs> That's what I want. I said, no, you said what you don't want. So I'm already trying to get them to shift into the positive. What is it you want? And then when they shift into the positive, I want to live. What is living for you? I go into a lot of coaching questions. Living for me is seeing my kids grow up. And what, how do you want to see them grow up? What do you want to see? And just get them into a vision where they can actually start to receive some positive message. If they stay in a negative mode, if they stay in a depressed state, you can't visualize, you can't project, you can't see anything else, okay? So the very first thing is to snap them out of, I'm going to die mode. Because the minute you say that, is the minute you pave the way for that. Even if the doctors say, you only got two months to live. If you haven't said it to yourself, then you have all your chances. It's you who decide on it. So I shift them into that positive mode. Once they're in a positive mode, I help them to realign. So you've got the mind in the brain, you've got the mind in your heart, and you've got the gut. So that's what we call the three brains. And if one of these brains is not aligned, if it's out of sync, then whatever you take as medication, if you don't believe it, you don't think it's gonna work, it's not gonna work. Everything has to be aligned together. Okay, there's so many people who go through treatment and say, yeah, it didn't work for me. Well, how much did you visualize that medication killing your cancer? Or if you're not doing medication, you're doing something else, what is it you're focused on? You focus on something positive, you're going towards that. So I really help them to synchronize through a lot of coaching, a lot of mindful coaching. Coaching for me is a lot of questions, basically, and getting the person to press on the right buttons for him to find out, oh, okay, aha moment, but it goes deep and deep and deep. And quite often when it comes to something like cancer, you can be going a little bit backwards as to where does that fear come from? Because sometimes that fear is inherited. It comes from a family member who's made you fearful. Okay, my dad died of cancer, so it made me fear death. Otherwise I didn't know it as a kid. You got your parents, you got your brother, sister, your dog, the cat, everything's good. Death is like, and then it opens the door. So go back to where did that fear come from? Who transmitted it to you? You don't have to carry that baggage. Forgive it. Let it go. Focus on what it is you want and start to reconnect the heart, the mind, the gut. And then from there, it takes a little bit of work, of meditation, of coaching sessions, Obviously, mindful eating, I cannot emphasize that enough. It's not because you're meditating that you're eating McDonald's, okay? Chemical things and toxic things in your body, how's that going to impact the mind which you're trying to clear? Does it make sense? All three have to go together. 
So there are people who go over the top and they go vegan and they go into remission and the cancer disappears. But what was the cause of the cancer? Because if you go right back to how you were eating before, how does that make sense? If you were a smoker and you got lung cancer, okay, a bit ironic, right? That's obvious. Cancer goes, you go back to smoking. It's like, okay, so what was that about? What have you learned? If you don't learn from the message, life as you know it means you're going to go through the cycle of learning it again. And then you could say, oh, it's come back to me. Why have I, what, what has happened to me, God? I'm a good person. It's like, you're not learning. <laughs> it's all about a learning curve. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, there's a lot of people, and we've spoken about mindset here before, and there's a lot of people that still either fall on either side of the extremes. They either think that mindset and visualization and all those things, that's basically placebo. And that's just you making up your mind and not really helpful at all. And then there's the other extreme that thinks that as long as you can visualize it, kind of like all those people who watched that movie, The Secret, and suddenly decided, oh, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be rich while sitting on their butts in the couch waiting for the money to suddenly arrive, that's also not going to work. So how do you actually synchronize this so that your mindset can generate the right kind of actions that you need to take because mindset on its own, I mean, it's incredibly important, but in its own, it's not going to get you anywhere. I think of it kind of like a driver. You need to know where you're going in order to get there. But if you don't get in the car and start driving, you're never going to get there. So you're talking about action. Yeah. Okay. Just sitting on a chair and just thinking it like people after the secret they did, they sat there and I thought about that house and that car, but they didn't do anything to get it. That's pointless. Okay. If you study and you want to be a medical doctor and you dream of it, but you don't go to school, you don't want to get anywhere. Right. So something that I learned in my coaching certification was the NLP. The NLP, the neuro linguistic programmation, you know, you've got those five reception channels. You've got visual, auditory, I'm speaking in French, kinesthetic, olfactive, and taste. We say gustative in French. Okay. Taste. So I focus on the first three, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, meaning Auditory is just hearing it, okay? You hear it through a film or through a podcast or you read it through a book. You think, oh, yes, I want to. You think it. That's not enough. A visionary is someone who really has to see it. So through vision boarding, going to wherever inspires you. Personally, for me, it's water that opens up that reception channel for me and helps me to release energy. And then the K is the action, doing it. So what do I mean by doing it? If you want to be someone who is healthy, what does a healthy person look like? See it first, the V. He looks like someone who does sport. He looks like somebody who eats well. He looks like someone who has nice nails, healthy hair, shiny skin. Act like that person. Get into the shoes of that person. As if you were doing an acting class, what does it feel like to be that person? So it's not in two seconds. In coaching, it's really to get ease the person into the shoes of that one that he's thinking of, okay? And start to feel in his skin, hey, what is it like to be healthy? How do I feel? How does my heart change when I'm healthy? Does it accelerate? Does it slow down? What about my breathing? Is it shallow from up here? Is it down here? What has changed in the way that I see people and people see me? And the more you start to word it, verbalize it, okay, that's the auditory part. So you're doing it, you're saying it, and you're seeing it. That's where you start to become it and you attract it. So it's not just sitting there and thinking, hmm. no, you've got to act it. You've got to get into the action. 
And that's the way the mindset is going to shift. And just to answer your question about the many people who say that, oh, you know, that's mumbo jumbo stuff. I understand that I was like that before. I would say, look at all the negative because the mindset and the negative for us is easy, right? We can criticize very quickly. We can say, oh, that's never going to happen. Oh, I'm never going to learn that language. It's way too difficult for me. I am the way I am. God made me the way I am. And that's it. Continue saying that. Continue getting those frowns and acting like somebody who's never going to get that far. And you'll never get that far. That is a mindset. Negative mindset, you can call it. I can call it a low vibration. Okay, it's all energy, right? Once you're on that energy, you're just going to revolve. You're going to get sick. You're going to have a cold. You're going to take medication. You're going to be better. You're going to get sick. You're going to get help. And it's going to revolve that vibration. Whereas when you work on your mindset, you just go up to another vibration. Okay, and you start to see things differently, start to feel better, and et cetera, et cetera. I always thought it was religious or spiritual. But it's not really. When you just look at the universe, it's all just rotating around each other. It's all energy. And exactly what we're doing, we're rotating it around our energy, our thoughts. You can rotate around the thoughts which are negative, or you can change those thoughts and rotate around something which is positive. Okay, you're always going to get a reaction. Yeah, funnily enough, that's what our reticular activator system, the moment that we start focusing on something, we start seeing more of it and we start experiencing more of it and we start just seeing more of that. And it's just as simple as when you go out and suddenly you decide you want to buy a certain type of car and suddenly you start seeing it all over the place and you're like, oh my God, everyone's driving one of those. Like, no, it's because you've told your brain to start looking for those things. There are so many stimuli that our brain is constantly filtering out. And the only things that we see is what we choose to focus on. So whenever we're focusing on the negative, you can go out and you can have the best holiday ever. But if you're looking for the negatives, you are going to find them. You are going to find things to complain about. And the same is true for the positive. And just like you're saying, it just spirals you into that side of wherever you want to go. So if you want to start focusing on the positive and start getting good things, you just need to start experiencing that. And same is true for the negatives. And I think it's just as important to start focusing on the positive as it is to recognize whenever we're being negative because nobody really decides, oh, I'm going to be grumpy and negative all my life. It just happens. These are the people that suddenly think that everything bad happens to me. I've got the worst luck in the world. If anything can go wrong, it's going to go wrong with me. And they're just promoting it. They're just emphasizing, they're just looking for it. So it's just as important for them to recognize when they're being negative and realize that they have a lot more control as it is for the people who are currently being positive to continue feeding that positivity with good habits. Like you said, eating well, meditating, sleeping, resting, exercising, doing all those positive things, because it's also something very important. It's not a level that you suddenly reach and then you can just rest and like, oh, I've made it. No, it's an everyday thing, right? It's interesting you say that, Dr. E, because just yesterday, so on my Facebook group called Get Ahead of Cancer, where I help people who are going through cancer or family members, I put down a post and I said, thanks to cancer, I am. And I said to everybody, drop a comment there in the positive so that you can see how you've transformed. I would have thought this was crazy five years ago. And so people will say, I am positive. I am more humble. I am grateful. And this one person wrote, I am, I can't remember, she said, I am not going to die or I am not going to do that. 
And I said, thumbs up. I said, try and put it in the positive because there's something about the brain when you say the not, it's the not that it's focusing on. Whereas when you say I am and you put it in a positive, it's a positive that you focus on, right? And the person was totally offended and said, how dare you tell me what to say? <laughs> it's my words. I said, no, I'm not telling you what to say. I'm trying to coach you as to how the brain operates. Because like you said, we are not intentionally grumpy. We don't say, I've decided all year, that's it. I'm going to be grumpy. But we're so used to it, it's become second nature. And we don't even realize that we are it until somebody puts the mirror and says, did you just realize you said it in a negative again? Really, did I? Wow. And when you start to see that you're spiraling in the negative, you've been like that for years, then you start to become aware. The aha moment starts to sink in and say, oh my days, no wonder. And when you decide to shift from that vibration, that's your decision. Everything becomes possible there. It's just incredible. The brain's incredible. It's always the same brain. It hasn't changed in a century. It hasn't gone that far. Medicine might have changed, but the brain hasn't. Okay. And yet people are becoming aware. It's just the word coaching, the word mindset, the word spirituality can evoke something which people don't like. They sort of think, hmm. <laughs> but whatever it is you call it, whether it's praying, okay, whether it's confessing, whatever it is you call it, it's the same thing that's happening in the brain. Exactly. And truth of the matter is, and I'm going through a coaching program myself as well. And when you realize and when you understand that really we run our lives on what they call algorithms, which is basically just a series of, if you know anything about computer programming and how they work, it's just a series of conditions. If this happens, do this. When this happens, do that. So in reality, if we've trained our mind to whenever X happens, you get angry, then whenever X happens, you're going to get angry. And that's just the way it's going to work. You don't even think about it. You just blurt it out. So Changing these things is an active process. And just like you said, you can be trying to coach people. And most of the time people think like, well, I don't want to die. That's a logical thing to wish, right? Nobody would argue against that. But the truth of the matter is it has such a different weight in our head when we say, I don't want to die compared to I want to live. Because our brain really doesn't think in negatives. It's kind of like the famous exercise, like don't think of a pink elephant. What's the first thing that comes to your head? A pink elephant. I told you not to think about it, but it's still, you're registering whatever you hear. So if you keep saying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, you're still just talking about death and death and death. While if you say, I want to live, then you're talking about life. And I think that's what's most powerful. Now, Normally, in our show, I like to give out a couple of actionable pieces of advice that people listening can really bring into their life. And the thing I really like about what you do is that you focus on cancer because that's an integral part of your journey, and that's something that you identify with. But these strategies, they're universal. They're for anyone with any kind of condition. They're for anyone who wants to improve their lives. It can be somebody who's already healthy, but they need help in financial or in personal or in professional development. So one of the hardest things as a coach, and I think I heard Seth Godin say this, is that there's two types of people, those who have a coach and those who don't. And those who have a coach, they already have a coach. So a lot of the times they're good, they're okay. And those who don't have a coach, there's a reason why they don't have one because they simply don't understand how one works. So how would you start trying to work with somebody 
who is just listening to this and saying like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. How can I improve my life? What would be your top two or three things or recommendations that you would make for this person to say, okay, starting now, these are the top two or three things. Maybe as soon as we finish listening to this episode or maybe just pause or when you get home, these are the things that you're going to start trying out. So there are two things that come to mind. The first is you today, the person today, write to your younger self. Now, this is no, no, this exercise. The person that when you were young and you had those dreams and those ambitions, I want to be a school teacher, I want to be a firefighter, whatever it was. Write back to that person, you as a confirmed adult who's got all the fears and, you know, you can do anything you want now. You can drink, you can smoke. Write back to that child and tell that child the reality. Tell the child the truth of what life is today, what you're living, what you're going through. Tell him the pure reality of life. You might even tell him, don't have kids. <laughs> you might say, don't ever get that house. And quite often you'll notice when you look at your letter that you've written a lot of don'ts. A lot of things are negative. You've got to be honest with yourself and just look at your letter and say, what have I written to me? And if I were a young person or I, the younger me, and I was reading this letter, what would I want to do differently today? How would I want to change things? Where would I start? So there's no point saying I wouldn't have gone to that school. The wouldn't have is over and it's negative. I would have followed my dreams, my passion. What is your passion? The passion comes, it stems from something, whether it was to be a musician in your 60s, too late maybe, but the stem is still there. That means you can do something with it. Focus on that. It's, it's something you've got to do in all honesty. I do that with my clients. I help them to write to their younger self or write to their older self in 10 years. So begin with the younger self. Another tool that I like to use with my clients is to get them to draw a wheel, so a circle, divide it into nine parts, call it a life wheel. And in that life wheel, in each part, you put down what is important for you in the life that you want. The life you have, the life you want. What is important? So people will often put down family because it's automatic. Family, love, wealth, health. And once they've written down those few ones, which are the logical ones, then they start saying, oh, I can't finish them all. That's where they start digging. What is it you really want? Hmm, travel. No harm in traveling, okay? Leisure, time for friends. And in each part that you write down, you've got to write down why. What is important for you in that? And not why in a negative, but why in a positive. What is important for you in that area? Well, if I travel, then I will feel more relaxed. So as you can see, it's actually the word relax they're looking for. If I love my family more, then I will appreciate the time with them. So the love comes back to loving yourself and you start to become honest. And at the same time, I get them on a scale of one to 10. So this is the will and they've done the nine parts here. The middle part, I put it at one and the exterior part, I put it at 10. And I get them to just draw a line of satisfaction right now. Where are you in the satisfaction level today? If they say, oh, here I'm at a three, draw a line as a, for the three. And they start to draw the lines and just give it one whole color. And when you step back and you look at your image, sometimes an actual picture can come to mind. And you say, oh, wow, that reminds me of a star. What does a star mean to you? And so it's a lot of coaching activities. But that is something that you can do on your own as a will. And then get a coach to look at it and ask you the correct questions. Otherwise, if you don't get the correct questions, you can go into the negative. 
and you could say, oh, look, my life is rubbish. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, the life wheel is a great exercise and I'll make sure to include a visual of it with our episode notes. Most of the time, most of the exercises I had done, actually, it was like a preset group of different characteristics that you were supposed to be grading on. But I think it's a great exercise to actually figure out, okay, what's important in my life? Not just some arbitrary set of conditions, but really what's important in my life and how am I actually doing in those regards and which areas need a little bit more work and which areas need more focus and which maybe I shouldn't be spending so much time on. That's great. Thank you so much for that advice, Has. Where can people find out more about you? So you can find out more about me on Facebook. So it's a a page called Destiny Tuning, SAS Edwards, Destiny Tuning. There I help people through the technique of Destiny Tuning to rewire their brain and to get on a higher frequency. Okay. And also my website is called destinytuning.net. So you can find me there. Great. And you're on Instagram, right? That's how you and I actually connected. Yes, that's right. SAS Edwards, Destiny Tuning as well. Perfect. I'll make sure to link to all those things in our show notes. Once again, thank you so much for stopping by. I think this has been a very enlightening episode. Our listeners are going to get a lot of very positive information from this. Obviously, it has to be positive. That's something that we've all learned in these last 30, 35 minutes. Thank you so much for stopping by. And everyone, thank you for tuning in again. I will see you in our next week. Remember, you're on the Highwood Health and I'm your guide to help you get there. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.